They say every watch tells a story. Family, moments, lifetimes. With lot terrain, this is a watch that spans generations, not just from where it came from, but for where it will go. Knowing one of these, having one of these, is what? Being a professional, being casual, and being you is all about. From our family to yours, La Terrain. What's up, everyone? We made it through. Of course, if you're listening to it, guess what? It means it's the weekend. If you listen past, you start a new week. But regardless, you are listening to the Air Raid Attack podcast. And uh, I got a wonderful guest to to have on this show today. And if I butcher uh, his last name, I uh, apologize in advance. But uh, Rocky Mountain College uh, product, Prince Shanola who also played with <clears throat> uh, some arena ball, especially here recently with the Orlando Predators. And we'll get with all of that. But first things first, Prince, welcome to the Air Red Attack podcast. And if I happen to butcher your last name, I apologize. <laughs> What's up, Mike, man? Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, I, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, you're <clears throat> our first, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, your first uh, arena football player on the show, which I always enjoy. And of course, growing up in Oklahoma City, uh, we used to have a, an unrated team long time ago, uh, mid two thousands. I think it finally ended, what two thousand eight, something like that. Anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, long story short, I'm familiar with the ball, uh, the league, but uh, nonetheless, it's more about you. And uh, first things first, tell the tell the listeners, uh, Connor, a little about yourself as we dive into your wonderful journey. Of course, now with COVID and as many would say, uh, right. post-COVID, of course, we'll talk that as well. But uh, tell the listeners out there a little about yourself. Yeah, man. Well, um, I'm from Orlando, originally from Orlando, Florida. Uh, went to Cypress Creek High School here in Central Florida. Um, 30 years old. I love I love to play football, man. It's, it's, it's my life. You know, it's my heart. It's my passion. And uh, I just, I'll do whatever it takes for an opportunity to prove what I got. That's just what it is, you know? Well, absolutely. And... <clears throat> You know, a lot of people may not know much about Rocky Mountain College, but, you know, I do. Uh, I think I follow, I think a few coaches follow uh, the show on Twitter, but uh, don't ask me right. who, I, I can't tell you. But uh, nonetheless, uh, <laughs> nonetheless, a lot of people would always say, you know, the small ball just doesn't really matter. Of course, I, I played small ball uh, even lower than uh, Rocky Mountain's level and you know, so I think small ball is is more as more important than obviously, you know, what we see on television, the SEC, the Big 12, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. But um, what tell us about your experience at Rocky Mountain and uh, your time there? Yeah, well, Rocky, you know, is a small NAIA school population, probably 
a, a school population, probably a thousand students. You know, it was very small, something different than what I was used to. You know, growing up in Orlando, it's a big city. You know, there's a lot of people always. My high school had 4,000 kids. So um, it, it was a big adjustment, too, as far as the weather goes, because the snow, <laughs> come on, man. Like, <laughs> I'm from the Sunshine State, so yep. I, had to, I had to adjust to that as well. But it was great, man. The community was, was loving. You know, they were welcoming. Coaches were great. The, the teachers, like the professors, you know, you get a lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was a real comfortable feeling, man. And it's beautiful, Montana. I don't know if you've ever been, but oh my goodness. You see all the seasons. You see every season. It's beautiful. So I enjoyed it, man. And I balled out. My teammates were exceptional. Hey, I, I've never personally been. Um, <clears throat> hopefully here soon, you know, maybe sometime next year, I know that uh, – um, you know, as we wind down, I can't believe we're already at the end of 21, but hopefully in 22, uh, here in the you know, next few months, maybe I can head that way. But I've seen pictures and it's definitely beautiful. I can only imagine just physically seeing it, you know, day in and day out, the, the beauty of it. And I'm sure during the wintertime, it's even more, you know, glorious, even though I'm sure you suffer with the temperatures. But nonetheless, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure with the snow and, and the mountains, I'm sure it's a lot, you know, it, it's worth it. And I, went, and I went to Rock. That's the funny thing. When I flew to Billings, I flew in the summer here. So wow. I, I didn't realize that there would still be snow on the ground when I landed. <laughs> so I left here in shorts. <laughs> I left here in shorts, man. And I didn't have any of the right clothes at all until about four months later. I finally got the right clothes, man. <clears throat> hey, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds familiar because... Growing up, I can all I remember because we left in the middle of the night. Uh, we uh, growing up, well, I you know practically was born and raised in Oklahoma for exception of for a few years here and there in Tucson, Arizona, and Wichita. But mm. and then my time in Kentucky playing ball, but um, at a small college. But no, it's uh, <clears throat> we we left um, to Wichita from Tucson, and we left. I mean, you know, Arizona. It's I don't think it even gets cold. It's probably sixties at night. Right. Anyway, so it's warm, obviously. So we get to Wichita. Long story end of it. We kind of in your scenario, kind of shut up in shorts. Everybody's looking at us weird because it's literally snowing, and you know. But you know, in Arizona, we don't obviously you don't get <clears throat> that cold weather or or anything like that. So you know, but nonetheless, so I kind of <laughs> I kind of know your feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arizona's beautiful. I've been there as well. You know, I was with the hot shots for a little while out there. So yeah, it was fun, man. It's a great time. Hey, and uh, oh, absolutely. And um, went back. I know <clears throat> to, before we get to the to the fun stuff, you know, it's it's uh, we went uh, for a buddy of mine went to the um, went to his wedding back in May ish. Right. And so I uh, spent some time. But, man, I'm telling you, even though that followed the so I got there Friday, I think it was Friday. And so Saturday, what it grows doesn't matter. The following day. In the hotel, waking up, man, I'm looking outside. I'm laying there. Come starting to wake up. I'm like, sweet, the sun's out. It's probably seven, eight, nine o'clock. I'm thinking, nah, it's five fifteen. <laughs> it's five fifteen. Oh no! So uh, I adjusted to it for a short amount of time, but trust me, it was it was uh, not fun, at least on that part. But nonetheless, it's. No, it's a beautiful state. It's it's very beautiful, and and uh, I would definitely uh, recommend if he nobody's been out there, 
to definitely check it out because it's it's well worth it. For sure. I agree 100%. 100%. So we're talking, you know, Prince here. Of course, he's played arena ball, and a lot of people obviously don't know arena football. And, and <clears throat> listeners out there that may not know um, about it, it's kind of kind of like if people you've seen the FCF. If you haven't seen the FCF, well, just hear us out. So uh, arena football obviously is indoor football, if you guys can't realize arena. And so <clears throat> it is a – 50-yard line, 25-yard line is the, the midfield, and the goalposts are th- – uh, I don't, can't remember how wide they are, the goalposts are, but they're not very wide. And, of course, you got two large nets and so on and so forth. And so Prince, of course, he's going to um, tell us about his career. And so first things first, Prince, is <laughs> how in the world um, <clears throat> did you start off entering a football? And obviously, you know, from playing what a lot of people would say traditional football, your 11 man, you know, outdoors, rain, thunderstorm, snow, <laughs> snow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, snow, and, and the good stuff. Then going indoors and practically, it's it's a you know, limited, limited amount of field, it's tough to get open at times, so on and so forth. But uh, nonetheless, uh, how was it? What was the difference? Like, how did you adjust? Man, well, um, it's a good question. The indoor football game is um, it's a lot faster. You know, you have to learn how to move in confined spaces and not waste too many movements, you know. Um, it's something I'm pretty good at is change of direction, you know, and then making a man miss in a phone booth type of deal. So, I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't that much of an adjustment as far as, you know, just playing my game. But you do have to learn that sometimes you can't go full speed. <laughs> and I learned that the hard way one time, so... Uh, but but it's very fun, man. And the talent, the talent in the arena game is just superb. You know, I know a lot of people don't really understand the game, and you know, it's 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 a small field or whatever the case may be. But the talent is there. Not everyone can make it to the NFL when they want to. Mm-hmm. So we have to find an alternative to give guys an opportunity to showcase their skills and their abilities. You know, so but coming from an outdoor game, it's. I love the outdoor game. You know, I love to spread the field and, and the 70 yard bombs, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> and the long, long kick returns. I love stuff like that. But uh, indoor, indoor, it gives you a chance to, to really interact with the fans. You know, they, they're really right there with you. <laughs> I can remember <laughs> as a place called, I'm running up to the line and I have one of my friends in the stands, you know, cheering me on saying, go Prince. I get to shake his hand real fast. You know, we get to interact. We, it's real personal. And even after the games, we have uh, uh, like autograph signings and stuff where everyone lines up and we get to talk a little bit with the fans, ask them how the game was and, you know, just chop it up. So it's great, man. I love it a lot, honestly. That's awesome. And, and you know, I remember, I remember you know, the, um, the short amount, of, not really short amount, I think the second stint for at the time, the Oklahoma City Yard Dogs um, when they were in the uh, AF2 and then the AF2 mm-hmm. and, and then moved to the arena football before they obviously closed um, business and <clears throat> all that. But, um, yeah, I remember that uh, there was a specific game. It was Louisville and Oklahoma City. And, man, Prince, I'm telling you one thing. If these fans could <laughs> – if these fans could have got on that field, even though it's not a big field, man, you would have thought it was a riot because the refs right. were horrible and it actually right. got nasty between both sides. But, you know, it was the atmosphere. And, 
And I think what makes it so special, and, and I think and I like what you said, was you get to interact with the players. And, you know, obviously I never played uh, arena ball, but just being a fan of it, you interact with the players and coaches and everyone's, you know, for the mm-hmm. most part is down to earth. And but what I like about it, it makes it so special. Like you said, you know, you get to chit chat because literally everyone, if you're listening, um, you know, you're you are on the field. Obviously, you know, you're so close because there's, a, you know, the borders is padding. That's your quote unquote sidelines and your out of bounds. And mm-hmm. it's a fun sport. And I think it's a sport that doesn't doesn't get much recognition. Right. Right. Exactly. It used to, you know, it used to have oh, a big yes. Yeah, you know, big name when the Ironman football was a real, real big deal back in the days. But I mean, in the AF1, <clears throat> excuse me, in the AF1, when I was in training camp with Albany, you know, everything was everything was beautiful. Everything was set up nice. You know, everyone was treated nice. The coaches were professional. The organization was professional, you know. So just being in, in situations like that gives you a comfortable feeling, though, as well, you know, <clears throat> as like – being in a position where you can grow mm-hmm. you know a lot of players they they want to see the nfl they want to be a part of the cfl you know but if you can build a foundation and a platform from where you're at and what you're doing to grow for yourself and leave the legacy no matter where you are in life you know that that means more and speaks more than just <clears throat> trying to chase a dream that everyone else is telling you that you should chase you know one thing that, and I, and I, I really like your mindset is, you know, chasing something. And of course, you're always going to have your haters, you know, not so much, you know, I wouldn't be doing, you know, football. You need to quit with the football thing, do X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z. So, I heard it all. oh, I'm sure you did. And, and, you know, you, and you hear it quite a bit. And it's sad that, and <clears throat> I can't remember what podcast it was. It might have been um, a few weeks back, but, when Stephanie Joplin was on, you know, and she was practically saying that, you know, in, in a different way that you were saying it was, you know, I finally had to set boundaries to realize, hey, I'm going to do, you know, in a quote unquote, do me and do what's best for me. I mean, at the end of the day, obviously, you don't want to, you know, go off in the deep end, but, you know, you got to do you. And a lot of people, I think, and it's sad that you see a lot of them will uh, kind of give up. I think they get enough negativity. They just kind of give up on the dream and then 10, 15 years later, whatever it may be to uh look back and back man this mm-hmm. really sucks i wish i could have done whatever that they're trying to pursue so leading up to that what you know growing up and obviously going through high school and and ro- your time at rocky mountain what made you decide that you wanted to be a football player um i've always uh loved the sport since i was a young kid um, there was a time in my life where a lot of the things around me were just broken down. But the one thing that remained consistent was the love for football. And that's what kept me out of a lot of negative situations that I was surrounded by. So it's kind of like for me, football found me, you know, and kind of like <clears throat> molded me and taught me discipline and helped me grow. You know, it showed me that there's different ways to communicate. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um since a little kid, I've always loved to play. And as I grew older, I understand that now it is a business. But if you lose the fun for it, then what are you doing it for? You know? Excuse me, absolutely. And and during, you know, and we're kind of, you know, ease your way. Obviously, uh, we talked some time at Market Mountain. We're, we're going to slowly get into 
to the arena ball. I think that's really what um looking forward to. But during that time, of course, a lot of I've asked some people that may come on, especially in positions like you're in um, as a player or even a coach, you know, we always have, like for me, obviously my parents will always be my inspiration, especially my dad. And, um, you know, you always have the special ones, but, <clears throat> you know, obviously the parents on top of your parents, who's been your most inspiration, <clears throat> excuse me, most inspirational person uh, throughout the journey and what, what's been motivating you? Well, it's, it's been a collective. You know, it's been a pool of people who stayed in my life and kept me motivated and driven and really were in my in my corner for the better. It's not specifically just one person, you know. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a collective of a lot of people, you know, that that continue to to help me believe in myself as well, that I can get it done no matter what my situation looks like. So my motivation is, is also derived from them. It's driven from them. You know, I take it from from my mom that I see struggling, from my brother, you know, that's going through his old ordeal. You know, my friends who passed away, mm-hmm. you know, year by year, I'm losing a lot of friends. And it's like, what do I want to live for? What do I want to be remembered for, you know? I like so, that. And, and a lot of people, it's, it's all about your legacy. And I've always, you know, I've always said people, you know, like my dad, you know, unfortunately, you know, his health is declining and, and, yep. um, and, and, you know, it's always, you know, he, 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 he told me, you know, I'm not going to also talk about my, you know, death, death and all that here, but, you know, he's, right, right. I want you to, you know, he's conducting me to do his service and, you know, obviously being my dad, we all know sons and our fathers. We want to, you know, we want to make our dad, pr- if anybody, we've got to make dad proud. And right. <laughs> it was just always, it's always one of those things like, well, what about your mom? Well, we, you know, we there, we, we're going to take care of our mom, but. You know, it's always the uh, got to make my dad proud type thing. But, you know, so obviously I got conducted, you know, even even like, you know, it's like legacy. It's all about legacy. And you can think of, you know, whatever, but it's all about legacy. And you nailed it. I mean, it's it's you, you know, you got to make what's best of the situation and and say, hey, you know, what do I want to live for and pursue and so on and so forth. And, And I applaud you for that. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's real. (laughs) (laughs) So here you are, Rocking Mountain, and uh, you're heading. So arena football, how long after your time at Rocking Mountain were you before you got into arena football? Oh, man. So after leaving Rocking, that was about 2000. 18, um, I left Rocky. I had a pro day at Montana State and a pro day at Bethune-Cookman University in in Florida, Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, And shortly after that, I had two CFL tryouts, one for Saskatchewan Rough Riders here in Miami Mm -hmm. and another for the BC Lions in Baltimore, Maryland. After that, I had... uh, Two all-star games, one for the podium show in Orlando, Florida. I mean, Orlando, Florida, and Miami, Florida. Shout out to those guys. That was my first uh, all-star game. It was, it was great, man. It's a great experience. And the second all-star game was the FCS uh, D1 Bowl in South Carolina, uh, Myrtle Beach, actually. So that was that was a great experience as well. Uh, shortly after that, I 
got invited to the AAF. Very nice. Yeah, so um, the general manager at that time, Phil Savage, sent me a contract. And, you know, I was with them for about what, three and a half months with mini camp and full training camp concluded. Um, however, I was released from there. And from there is when the Albany Empire saw me because they saw me at practice one day in Texas when we had our training camp in Texas. They saw me at practice. And once I got released, you know, they called me up and said, hey, how would you like to come play? Coach uh, Les Moss called me up and said, hey, how would you like to come play arena? At first, I was like, wait, arena? <laughs> you know, I had the same mindset as everyone else. Like, right, arena? exactly. Absolutely. I to the NFL, man. Like, I'm in the NFL Developmental League, and, and, and I'm balling out. You know, I'm doing what I have to do. I'm, I'm sticking to all my assignments. A lot, of NFL, a lot of NFL guys have came in and gone, and I'm still there. So to me, the fact that Phil Savage found me off Twitter – and I went to a small school and, you know, so forth, so on and so forth. All the odds stacked against me still found me mm-hmm. with no agent, with no representative. You know, so I definitely believe in myself and I definitely believe in what I can do. It's just that when coach told me about arena, I was like, wow, how am I going to? All right, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. You know, let's give it a shot. And I went out there. I learned a lot. Uh, however, I was not ready. You know, not having enough experience, not really understanding the game and the rules and controlling my speed and when to turn it on, when to turn it off. But um, shortly after that, I got, I got an opportunity with the Carolina Cobras and the NAL uh, with, with Coach Billy Beck. <clears throat> that was a great experience. I was there for about four games, you know, scored a few touchdowns and got some great kick returns in, you know, met some great people. That organization was amazing. It really was. Soon after that, I was signed to Jacksonville Sharks, but, you know, COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So that season was just gone, you know. And then um, this entire time, I'm, I'm wanting and, and, and working for an opportunity to get back outdoors, you know. Uh, however, I, I take what I can get. Like I told you earlier, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pout. I'm going to put the work in and prove it. So I hopped in with the uh, uh, Orlando Predators, and I feel like I had a great season. So let's just see what's next, you know. Absolutely, and <clears throat> and you know, kind of rewind before we get to COVID. I know COVID's affected everyone to some sort, you know, some right. one way or another. It's affected somebody from that, you know, special thing, and well, not special, but from that event. But and still, currently, is I shouldn't even remotely put it away, but. Go into, like, for example, the AAF. And of course, we all, if a lot of people, even if you just follow football, um, <laughs> a, lot of pe- a lot of people will know about the AAF and, you know, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I liked it. I thought it was a great product. I know that there's a lot behind the scenes that took place and so on and so forth. But during that time, you know, new league and, and all that good fun stuff that always kicks off. What was their way? Um, and also, I don't want to say nothing that if it might get you in trouble legally or whatever. I don't want to, because I know there's still right. stuff out there that, you know, there's still, you know, cases out there. So obviously, if anything that is a case that you can't say, by all means, yeah, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Right. Yeah, I don't want to cause yeah, no right. issues. Yeah, me, um, trust me. I do not want to get in that pool. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. And so, um, but, uh, 
how and that when a new league like that kicks off, what was their way not just towards you but towards everyone that played? What was their way of getting you guys out there? Um, you know, communication wise, from communicating to you guys to setting up, you know, camps or tryouts or whatever the case may be. What was the whole process when when the league started to getting practically players to get on board? Right. So yeah, there was a. Um... Uh, tryouts. They, they held tryouts around, you know, various cities for guys to attend, which is funny because I didn't get a chance to do that. The most, uh, at the time where I, where I was able to go, the nearest tryout was in California. So I was like, oh man, you know, I got to pay for the ticket and pay for the tryout. You know, it was, it was a stressful situation. But um, yeah, the guys will either try out or send their film in. You can also send your film in to get evaluated. That way, your name could be entered into the draft pool, you know. So a um, few guys at the top got drafted, and then so on and so forth. The rest of the guys were dispersed amongst the teams uh, through contracts. So um, it was it was a uh, it was it was great. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It was really great. The the venues they had set up in the the meals, the training staff, the knowledge. I you know I was sitting at a table with Heinz Ward, man, having a full wow. conversation. For the whole hour, just talking about life and, and picking his brain and, and seeing what knowledge he can give me, you know, being on the same field with Michael Vick. You know, there was there was just so many talented people, you know, like catching passes from John Warford, who's still with the I don't know if he's still with the Rams now, but who's also a great guy. You know what I mean? And wow. a lot of talent, a lot of talent that I was surrounded by. So that was a blessing to be just in that situation, period, you know. And the fact that I didn't have to try out. And I was one of the first 100 first. I was one of the first 100 players assigned to the league, you know, and I didn't have to try out. So it was pretty, it was pretty surreal. That's awesome. Of course, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm just going to ask one simple question. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. Um, what was obviously, I'm not going to ask, you know, everything the Heinz work. I really believe that there's certain conversations that's really meant just for that, you know, in between that, that moment. Was there anything right. special that really spoke out to you that Heinz Ward said to you during you guys' conversation, or was he just really just like, "Hey, keep grinding, keep focused, and your time's gonna yeah, come"? Yeah, there was there was something that that stuck out to me. Um, I'm not gonna say specific names on the person right, exactly talking about. Um, however, he named the situation or he replayed a situation um, just in his career. Uh, someone looking up to him and, and seeing he how he would get a workout in before the workout. He would be at the stadium early, you know, running, conditioning, working out before working out the team. You know, and once that player, that rookie player that came in and caught on to what he was doing had one of the best decades at his position for, for any player in the NFL, you know. Um, so, yeah, just something like that, just, just having – the knowledge from him saying, Hey, this is how I did it. So now when I follow suit in that same process, or I try to walk in his same shoes, I know what I have to do. And I have a recipe for success, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. And, and yeah, especially, you know, it's, a, it's just an amazing, you know, I always, you know, believe that God puts people, in your life at a certain point and oh, whether people, whether people believe in God, I know a lot of friends that don't, I, I work, you know, I shouldn't say, well, 
not co-workers, but, you know, I, I've worked with people in the past, not so much just work like, you know, nine to five or whatever my shift might have been, but just in general, um, you know, I got friends that's, you know, non-Christians, but I've always said it, and I grew up a pastor's kid, and, and so I kind of know the the expectations of being a pastor's kid, and right. I haven't lived up to it at times, trust me, but, you know, we all, we all make our mistakes, but, you know, you look at it, and, but I've always told people that, uh, you know, hey, whatever, whatever current situation that you're going through, and, you know, God always puts those special, you know, those certain people in your life just for that one reason. And a lot of people, you know, it may be like, well, that makes no sense because now they're all of a sudden gone. Hey, mm -hmm. I didn't tell you they were going to be there forever, but he just put mm -hmm. them at one moment to keep you grounded or focused. Or maybe there's that one statement that really stuck out and <clears throat> and so on and so forth. And and hey, I mean, that's awesome that you get to meet Heinz Ward. Here you are coming in about to start a brand new league and Right across from me is Hall of Famer Heinz Ward. Right, right. Michael Vick, Heinz Ward, Troy Palomalu. Like, I can go on and on and on about these guys, man. And, like, that, that room, the room was full of talent. <laughs> full of talent, I'm telling you, man. It was a great deal. It was a, it was a, it was a great situation. And that's awesome. And so fast forward, you know, here you are going through AAF. Um, getting released, of course, everybody knows if you know the history of it, the league then uh, folds and follows bankruptcy and the rest is history. And now, you know, we're <clears throat> so we move on to arena football. So after AAF, here we go um, into arena ball. Excuse me. Uh, was So Carolina was Carolina your first team? Is that was that correct? That, yeah, I would say Carolina is the first team where I've actually got playing time for nice. an arena team. Yeah. And my first touch was a kick return almost to the house. My second touch was a kick return to the house, but they called it back. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, the next game after that, you know, I scored a few touchdowns against Orlando, which is pretty ironic because I'm from Orlando. And, um, yeah, I had, I had a pretty good few games after that, but then I was, I was released shortly after that as well. Um, and I understand. I understand the, the aspect. I understand. Right. You know, coach's philosophy, sometimes if I'm not in that, what he believes, that then I'm parting ways is not something that we should dwell on or, you know, be angry about. When I was released from the AAF, I looked rich. I looked I looked ahead coach, Coach Newhouse, right in the face, shook mm -hmm. his hand, you know, had a real conversation and appreciated it. I told him I thank you because this opportunity is something I can't even dream of, you know, and it was great. And if we cross paths again, you know, it's – just know there's no there's no burnt bridges or anything like that, you know. But um, yeah, arena was Carolina was nice. Carolina was nice for sure. And it's it's funny because when I scored two touchdowns against Orlando <laughs> while being with Carolina, the next year playing for Orlando, I went to Carolina and scored two more. This <laughs> was crazy. It's crazy, man. This world, I'm telling you, is full of circles. So you get to Reno, you get to Carolina, and obviously you obviously you're you're aware, you know, you're used to the what we all call traditional football. You're 11 man outdoors, the good stuff. And so here you go into Carolina. What was your first thoughts like when you walked into the arena or, or you know, regardless of whatever it was, knowing that now you're indoors? Was there any thoughts going through your head like this is going to be interesting or was it one of those like, you know, 
second guessing yourself or were you just going to grind and see what happens? Yeah, I was more, I was more of just going with the flow. Um, leaving Albany, I knew that I had some type of knowledge under my belt. I understand the play calls. I understand, you know, uh, the responsibilities, you know, at my position. So I went in there with a little, a little more confidence in what I can do and it showed. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I was like, man, if I could just time up my speed and time up, you know, how I want to make the defender move, you know, it would be a lot easier for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to show that I can, that I can run routes and, and whatever, whatever space that you put me in. And yeah, that's just my objective, man. Just to get back outdoors, honestly. Hey, I, I don't, uh, I don't blame your course. Uh, I always <clears throat> going up, you know, going to the games with my dad, I always told my dad, it'd be fun just to play one game in the rain ball. Just, <laughs> just for the heck of it. <laughs> oh my man. Man, the entrance, I'm telling you, walking into the stadium for Carolina was amazing. Nothing compares to the Amway so far. And they, uh, I'll tell you that right now with the Magic's play. Oh, I'm it's, sure. It's, it's, it seats 20,000. It's amazing. But Carolina was, was, they had a really nice setup, man. It was dope. The entrance with the smoke and all that stuff. And man, that kick off the ground is just shaking. You know, it's so it's so exhilarating just the experience of being indoor. All the all the fans yelling with the cowbells and you know <laughs> the announcers going crazy. It's, it's nice, man. <laughs> Everybody's screaming, losing their minds. Nice, you know, and, and that's funny because you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, I, I'm I know I'm showing my age a little bit. I'm not that old, but mid <laughs> 30s. But you know, I, I remember you know back in 2000 when we had the Oklahoma Wranglers and Bob Cortez, who was a legendary reader coach. I don't know if he's still around or not now, but you know, you know, we had Ron Lopez, who I think had cancer for a while. I'm not for sure what the outcome of that was, and and um, oh, I can't think of the receiver's name because Al Hunt was with the Yard Dogs. I can't. Uh, Lamont Cooper was a big time wide receiver for the Wranglers, and he, I think, he played with like San Jose, the Saber Cats. I think a little bit okay. if he if he did with the Rattlers. But like I said, I'm going. I'm showing my age a little bit because. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm talking. You know, we're going back. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee had a team and Green Bay had a team and Orlando and Tampa Bay. Of course, they're the original uh, arena footballs, but um, L.A., I think, um, had a team for a little bit before they went to the Kiss, but I think they were like the Avengers or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but no, arena football is amazing. And I, I wish and hopefully, you know, maybe not so much actual AFL, maybe maybe IFL. I know the NALs kicking back up into gear and maybe one of those leagues can really run with it and make it a big name league, you know, where it's literally on ESPN, like AFL was and all that. And of course that's time to tell, but, but anyway, so what was it like? Um, I know you mentioned, you know, on the kickoffs, you know, now what was the, cause now I kind of want to pick your head. Cause the reason why I'm going to ask this question. So I was a ball boy for the, Oh, no. Oh, wait. Oh, 08. Here we go. 08 um, yard dogs. And so we got to play, you know, we got to throw the ball with some of the players and got on the field. And they, you know, obviously we were quote unquote catching the balls off the net. 
Man, right. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a fullback and a tight end. I'm not meant for catching. <laughs> I'm not meant for catching balls off the nets. All right. And so, I, I did okay. Uh, it could have probably been better, but nonetheless, um, <clears throat> when it comes to literally science, if you will, what's the setup? Here they go. Let's just say, for example, you know, you're Carolina and Orlando kicks it off, and so here we go. Quick action because you know it's a short field. How quick mentally did you give yourself to think, okay, okay, timing from the ball to my hands, from my hands, taking off as much as you can downfield? Honestly, um, I was talking to my girl about this the other day. You really don't have time to think. It's more of a feel. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's it's more of a – it's like a normal for you to – you know you got to catch the ball. You know where the people are behind you when you turn around. You know that they're streaming downfield ready to take your head off. <laughs> you know, find the first patch of grass that you can see where your defender is being blocked and make a move. The rest is just athleticism from there. Make a man miss, make the first man miss, and just take off. Wherever the green grass is, you know, let your vision take you, you know. You have to be able to see the guys that are not being blocked. Mm-hmm. That's the that's a difficult part of that. You know, sometimes I find myself counting while I'm running. You know, right. like, oh, three, four, oh, no, I got to go this way. Nope, it's outnumbered over here. No, I have the green grass over here. It's less people on this side. So it's really like you really, I don't know. It's just like you don't really have that much time to process. Because if you think too much, then what's going to happen? Yep. <laughs> you're going to muff the kick. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. You really just have to bring the ball to to your, you know, bring your eyes to the ball and the ball to your hands all at the same time, and just take off, man. <clears throat> and uh, of course, um, <clears throat> of course, you know, I got to get your first reaction. What was your reaction? Really like, well, first off, what was your reaction when you ran the kickoff back, but the penalty was called back, so the touchdown obviously didn't count. Well, one A and then one B. What was it when you actually took it to the house? Did you happen to look around, make sure there's no yellow flags on the field before you uh, started celebrating? Or was the uh, adrenaline just too much for that one? <laughs> oh, man. I was so hyped when, when, I, when I thought I scored. I told myself while I was running, man, I can do this. <laughs> you know, like, I can do this every single time I touch the ball. That was my mentality. I can do this every time I touch the ball. And then when I scored or when I crossed the goal line, and I turned around, there's a flag at the 15. And, <laughs> and then as I go review the film, there was no – nobody did anything wrong. But they oh. called a block in the back. They called a block in the back, and you got to respect the, you respect the game. You know, right. we still won. So <laughs> – but, yeah, it was, it was a crazy, crazy experience, man. I really appreciate that. Every time I, I am back there, I keep returning. I, I always tell myself, just make a miss. Go as fast as you can. Go as fast as you can. So I always tell myself. And a lot of people be like, well, you know, you can always make a miss and, and still get tackled. Trust me, in arena football, I'm not, I can't speak as a player, but, you know, obviously uh-huh. Prince is a proven point. Uh, when you make a miss in arena football, you got a lot of you got a lot of green grass ahead of you. Uh, yeah. or at least turf, let me put it that way. Um, you got a lot of green turf ahead of you. And uh, often more times than, than not, you're going to be you're going to be getting six out of that thing. 
Right. And in worst case scenario, if you don't, you still have to put your body in the in the best position to take or avoid the hit as it comes. Because you're gonna get hit. You know, people mm-hmm. get tackled for it. It's how you get hit, how you position yourself, you know, to to try to to try to reduce some of the impact. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so here you go, Carolina, <clears throat> excuse me, Carolina to Orlando or Jacksonville. Um what was it like? I know it was Jacksonville, but what was it like being back, at least in your home state, playing football? Oh, man. That's that's a big reason why I signed to Orlando is because I literally live in Orlando. My mother can come see me play for the first time in her life and in my life, you know, and it's as a professional. So it, it was a great feeling just to, to play in Florida and to represent Florida, represent Rocky, you know, and and just to put on put on for my city, basically. Kind of walk us, um, walk the listeners through, and even myself. And yeah, you you go from Jacksonville to Orlando. Now you're at home. Literally, you're at right. home. And what was it like? Um, call, of course, first off, signing with Orlando, and then getting the the pads and the jersey on for the first you know home opener in Orlando, what was it like um, for you to play literally in your home city? And, and more importantly, uh, in front of your mom who, that can, that was, excuse me, that was able to see you for the first time play in her life. I teared up a little bit, you know, I was a little emotional at that time, you know, but it's tears of joy, you know what I mean? So um, it, it was great, you know, being able to put on the Orlando uniform, you know, and to represent and say, Hey man, I, no matter what I've been through, no matter what state I crossed to chase my dream, it led me back to where it all started. You know, so it was <clears throat> it was great. It was great to to show my ability, you know, to to put on a show for Orlando, for my my mom, for my brothers, you know, for my girlfriend. Yeah, you know, it was it was nice. <clears throat> I like that and and um you know, obviously not getting too personal, um, but what, <clears throat> how did, um, what did your mom mean to you? Um, obviously, you know, I don't want to you know, get too personal and all that, but, um, you know, and talking all that, but what, what has your mom meant to you growing up and even, even till this day? Everything, honestly. You know, um, every family has its trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and downs. And but one thing that that I won't get another chance at is another mom. Absolutely, you know? that's my mom. That's my dad. And that's always going to be that way. So the bond that we have is great. You know, it's amazing. She means everything to me, and that's a big reason of of why I do what I do. Again, no matter what the situation appears to look like. You know, I have a lot on my mind and on my heart that, that I feel like is unfinished for me. So <laughs> I love that dude. And, and you know, um, and you're right. And then, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of <clears throat> I like what you said and and uh, not get too personal in my personal life. But I hope a certain somebody, uh, my brother, um, but uh, <laughs> here's yeah. I may have to I haven't talked to him in, in forever, unfortunately. And that's a whole long story. But. Um, but anyway, I'll have to somehow see if I can get somebody to sneak it over to him. Like, Hey, 
realize that uh and i love it what you said you got one mother and, and even one dad and at the end of the day they still your parents i mean right good the good the bad the ugly and trust me my mom and i've had our differences and but at the end of the day that's still my mom and so right. you know <clears throat> but all is well on that end but so obviously we got all these leagues talking the usfl um, supposed to be starting 22 of course the xfl and i think they said 23 who knows what may happen from there the nfl and every other leagues that's popping up or rumored right. or all this <clears throat> obviously um what are ways that before i get to covid what are ways that you're continuing to improve yourself that you can um one and then for two, from my personal standpoint, because I would love to help you out is, you know, even, you know, I may not have no official tie that I know of. I don't know. Maybe somebody's listening to this podcast. I don't realize that has good ties to some team. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool if they did Go that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before he died COVID and, and all that, how are you currently still preparing for, you know, continuing to play football? And of course, one, and then two, from my personal side, because I love to help you out, even if I just get your name out there, you know, just tweeting it. Uh, how can I help you out as well, my man? Yeah, well, um, I just continue to work out, continue to stay in shape, you know, stay on schedule four days a week, make sure, because I'm also working a, a real job. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I try to get as much conditioning and working out as I can throughout the week, um, for one. And for two, um, just be a student of the game. Just keep studying, you know, keep studying uh, my position, the players at my position who are doing it at a high level and just learning as much as I can from from every source that I have. And um, as far as what can you do, I mean, you're doing it. You know, give me the opportunity to to explain or to to express who I am and my side of my story. You know, let the people know who Prince Shinola is and what he's all about. So you're doing it right now. Hey, I'll definitely, I'll keep on doing it, uh, you know, moving forward as well. And so I uh, trust me, I'll, I'll definitely got, I know there's coaches out there that's listening and then that listens. They, I got some of their numbers, uh, high school coaches. I'm sure they got to know some people, but trust me, I know there's, oh, like I always say, you know, you, there's that one person just that like, takes that one person to, right. to just lead, you know, God is in, in, in control. And then he just uses all these people. And trust me, sometimes it's like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how that is. I'm telling you. I'm telling you when when I when I was invited to the AAF training camp and mini camp, and the way that I was treated and just the whole situation. That's exactly how I woke up every morning. Like, how the heck did I get here? I know I put in the work. I know <laughs> I played. For I know I stayed true to the course. But sometimes, you know, you get an epiphany. Like, oh my goodness, I really. I'm really doing something, you know, <laughs> sit down and reflect a little bit. So COVID, of course, you know, it's affected, you know, everyone, one, you know, in some way it's affected uh, everybody, you know, for me, um, maybe not so much job wise with us being in central uh, East central. So, you know, I work literally worked through it and just crossed your fingers. You didn't catch it. I mean, that was kind of one of those things, but Right. Uh, for me, from size of work, you know, my dad major stroke and unfortunately caused him to be majority blind. He can still see out of his 
uh, right eye, but not very well. And of course, so he was in the hospital, of course, with all the restrictions and visitation limitations. You know, we couldn't go see him. So I'm, you know, mentally, I'm thinking, well, this is because trust me, it wasn't good. And no, something like this is this is not going to be uh, not going to do well. So but from your standpoint, well, one, um, I know from a football standpoint, I know it probably obviously limited, as you mentioned earlier, uh, canceled the season. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of take us through briefly, obviously. I mean, I, I obviously I know it's it was tough mentally and, and to you just personally, how did that affect you? And what was your, what was your mindset like when you got the call or text or email that, Hey, the 2020 season's done and we'll aim for this in 21. Oh man. My heart, <laughs> my heart shattered <laughs> because um, I'm a little seasoned, you know, I'm a little older than, than a lot of guys in my position. Um, <clears throat> so for me, every year counts, every play counts, every rep counts, every opportunity counts, you know? So when I lost that year, I'm like, oh man, another year, someone's going to bring up my age, <laughs> about how, <laughs> I know how I'm getting older and, you know, but I stayed a course and I continue to work out constantly, constantly continue to work out. Um, I got a roofing job at that time. Yeah, it's not nice, but, <laughs> but the, money was, the money was okay, you know, it kept me afloat. Um, right. It, it kind of kept me in shape, you know, all the, the, the hard labor that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, man, I, I stayed focused throughout the entire year. <clears throat> and obviously the question I always ask, and it seems to be, I think I ask everybody that comes on, or at least I try to, um, 2020 was a year I think we like nobody's ever seen from COVID to social injustice to mm-hmm. obviously politics and, and the rest, you know, everything else that came in between. For you personally, um, just looking back at 2020 as a whole and as everything gathered, you know, not so much as COVID, but just everything in general. What did what did 2020 teach you during that uh, during the i feel like the longest year of my life um but what did 2020 teach you just personally with all those other with the other issues um the issues that obviously needs to be handled correctly and and improved on as well um what are way what what's ways that affected you personally just from top to bottom yeah well for me the lesson i would say um that i learned is just to do more you know, don't get complacent with where you're at because it could be taken away. Right. You know, always try to do more. Always try to look outside the box. Because when football was taken away, I was like, oh, no. What am I going to do? Not really having that structured plan A1, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that that full structured plan now because my plan A was football, plan B, football, plan C, football. You know, um, so just to just to realize and look back and reflect and say, hey, man, just do more, be more of an entrepreneur, you know, because it's not only going to help you with football, but your life outside of football. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I like that. And excuse me. And, you know, I think a lot of people um, I think a lot of people, first of all, of course, kind of kind of trying to you know, break the ice. But I think a lot of people in 2020 
really got to know each other w- very well with the, the lockdowns and the restrictions and everything sure. else. Um, right and you know i know i know i learned some stuff about myself just personally and it's like wow i got some stuff to work on but nonetheless (laughs) it's nothing bad just like man i didn't realize that you need to appreciate some of these people more often Mm because boy this is you know here we are griping about we can't go to you know to any kind of restaurant applebee's or your local mexican diner or whatever Mm -hmm. it's a close it's like you know, we always yell at the the, the waiter or waitress because they got water wrong and so on and so forth. Now it's closed. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly. Right. What I'm like, I'll be nice <laughs> if you guys please open. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, Walmart. You know, at least I know from at least from Oklahoma City standpoint. You know, our Walmart was seven to seven. After that, it was closed. I mean, it was after seven p.m. Here, it was. It was Whoa. strictly uh, <laughs> you better run for your life because uh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it was not fun. But even though cases are high, you know, it, it's starting to get back to what they call norm. But you know, um, it's a question I think a lot of people. I always try to ask just because simply. And um, one of those the sponsors for the podcast, his name is Dave, and he's the owner of Law Terrain Watches. And you know, he put he put it into into great perspective when he came on the show. Oh Lord, months back, but you know, he told me he says, you know, um, well, you know, my own version of it was, you know, practically was Michael. I took everything for granted. You know, we we were so in a rush that we didn't realize that such and such, you know, might have been from the littlest of things to the biggest of things that was taken away. And then, you know, yeah, you might not like Walmart's after 7 p.m service because usually after 7 p.m it's you're down to two actual real cash registers and <laughs> everybody else is self-checkout and then you got you know some about four people with 50 items or whatever but you know nonetheless it's always a little things and so I, I always like asking that question i really love your answers as well and i think uh even though <clears throat> COVID's still going around and and so on and so forth and hopefully in 22 maybe Maybe that portion of it will solve down. I don't, you know, I don't know, but I'm we'll see. So me, right. you and me both. <laughs> for the better, you know. You and me both. And uh especially for everybody out there, and maybe hopefully it'll be a good year. But before we end the show, I want to start a new, a little new uh segment or portion of the show. It's called the hot scene. Pretty much random questions uh, that I thought of or might have been tweeted in um, or DM'd, I guess is what you call it. But nonetheless, presented by Law Terrain Watches, of course, <clears throat> check them out. Use the code Air Raid to save 10% on all your orders. Number one, uh, Prince, if you were on a game show and you won $200,000, what would you personally do with it? I would personally clear all the debt that I have, invest a portion of it, and try to put some money down for my mother's house love it especially love the debt part because trust me i would do the same exact thing (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting there but it's it's a little process uh past or present um if there happened to be one football player that you would just love to hang out with chill with whatever who would that be uh honestly jerry rice oh yes um i see jerry rice and um I love his game. I love who he is as a person, what he's done, what he's doing. 
Um, and I kind of resemble my game a little bit after him, honestly, even though <clears throat> he's a he's a taller guy than me. But how we move in and out in, in and out of our routes and stuff like that, and we're hands catchers and stuff. So. And then we all like to eat. What's your favorite kind of food? Honestly, pasta. Yes. Um, big, big, big pasta. I love pasta. That's me. Um, let's see. Where's it? Okay, there we go. Oh, interesting one. <clears throat> Besides Orlando, Florida, if you could move anywhere, regardless if the United States or the world doesn't, you know, let's not even include COVID. I know there's borders closed. But we're not even talking COVID. If you could move anywhere, regardless of the United States or the world, where would you move? Um, I would probably say Venezuela, actually. Nice. Yeah. Um, my future fiance is from there. Um, and I would love to go back to her country and see how it is out there and, and, and really grow out there as well. <clears throat> it's beautiful, though. If you've never, if you never, that was, okay. If you, he, the person typed out, never. <laughs> if you're not playing football, what are you doing for fun? <clears throat> oh, that's a tough one. Wow. Honestly. Oh, actually, it's not tough. It's very easy. Video games. I'm a, I'm a gamer. Um, Xbox. My gamer tag is blacking, B-L-A-C-C-I-N-G. Um. I love playing shooting games, you know, Call of Duty, Madden, of course, Forza, Horizon 5 is the big one that I'm playing now currently. Uh, yeah, so I, I love to play video games, man. And also I love being outdoors. If I can go ride a bike or if I can, you know, go to a movie, just anything, just to get outdoors and just to hang out for a little while. I'll definitely have to text you your uh, get your uh, Xbox gamer idea again because I'll definitely up. <laughs> I'm a Call of Duty person too, so uh, we'll definitely be up. Uh, last, last two a few questions. Um, where's that? Oh, there it is. Who is your favorite musical artist? Favorite musical artist. I really like uh, J Cole. Nice. Um, J. Cole is a lyricist. You know, he's he's very, very good with his words. You know, he he actually raps. <laughs> so there's a lot of rappers these days, you know, who just are really mumbling, not really saying a bunch of things. So yeah. I like him. I like uh, uh I like J. Cole and I like Toby. Toby is nice too. He's a good rapper. And the last one, and this one I'm gonna ask because i'm gonna definitely get you know help get the name out there as a um you know if you if you know practically you're speaking to i don't know head coaches offensive coordinators recruiting coordinator it doesn't matter whoever whatever league that they're in and however the the structure is that's on them but uh that's all this is directed towards all of them what would a team get in a player like you I mean, they'll get a player that that understands his role, you know, that understands the game, that is a student of the game, a person who loves the community, a person who just wants to learn and continue to help people around him grow and make an impact. That's the type of player I am, besides all the athleticism that we know. I look at what I can bring to an organization, you know, from the business aspect as well. 
being personable, being able to conduct myself on and off the field accordingly, you know, just, just getting down to business, showing you guys that I'm not just going to take a kick return to the house, but I'm going to block on screens. I'm going to run down on kickoff and make a block, make a tackle. <clears throat> That's the type of player I am. I'm going to go get it by any means necessary. And my tape, my tape shows that. You go back and watch my film and you'll see. There you have it, guys. And last, because I'm sure I probably butchered it, and, that, and this has nothing to do with the questions. <laughs> uh, you've been listening <laughs> to Hot Seat, presented by Law Train Watches. Uh, check them out. Use the air raid code. Save 10%. Um, how do you say your last name, by the way? Show Nola. Show Nola. I got a nickname from Mr. Mike Riley when he was with the AAF of the uh, oh, San Antonio yes. Commanders and Daryl Johnston. They called me Showtime. <laughs> Prince Showtime Shinola, the Rocky legend. They gave me the nickname, so call it whatever you want. <laughs> and there you go, Jamie. If you're listening to this, Mike Riley, of course, former Nebraska Cornhusker, or of course, as we all know, from Oregon State, phenomenal guy. Um, never met him, but a uh, heck of a coach. But uh, Prince, my man, you're always welcome uh, to come back on. Uh, I enjoyed this, loved hearing the story, and and uh, trust me, I'm definitely going to help you out and uh, get your name out there on Twitter. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate everyone tuning in, man. And uh, just, uh, just stay prayed up, guys, and God bless and be safe. You've been listening, guys, to Prince, the uh, Rocky Mountain product uh recent with the Orlando predators and trust me he'll be back in the game sooner than later but uh, guys thank you so much and have a wonderful weekend you've been listening to the air red attack podcast